Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, and today we're doing another personal brand consult with James Ellsmore. James is only 26 26 years old. Uh, He's a co-founder of a company called Solar Head of State. He's been named one of Forbes 30 Under 30 in 2017, and he's got a lot of like media coverage, and he's doing some pretty big things. And uh, for someone who's only um, 26 years old, that's pretty impressive. But you know, everyone wants to have their brand analyzed, see what they could do to tweak it to uh, make it be better, and everything. So James is on the line with us. Um, James, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, thanks so much for having me. Um, so, uh, as you said, 26 years old, I'm from the UK, um, but moved to the US uh, when I was 18 to go to college in North Carolina, uh, lived, lived in there, and then, and then in California, and I started Solar Head Estate. It's actually a nonprofit while I was in, in, in college, um, and continue doing that. I'm still really involved with that um, as a nonprofit, but eventually after finishing college, I realized I needed to do something that actually earned some money as well. Uh, although I really enjoyed the nonprofit work. So now I'm kind of juggling the, the nonprofit side of things uh, with doing my own consulting projects. And um, really my area of interest is, is broadly sustainable development and renewable energy. Um, but uh, I particularly have been focusing on island regions. Um, and actually my master's degree, believe it or not, is island studies, which is a, re- a real degree, I have to tell people. Um, and uh, right now I'm talking to you from Aruba in the Caribbean, so a nice nice place to be working. Oh, that's pretty interesting. I don't think I've heard of many um, island um, experts in my life. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, uh, out of curiosity, you went to UNC. What was the chancellor like? The chancellor? Uh-huh. Uh, Ca- Carol Fultz? Uh, I didn't really... Uh, get to, to meet her too much, but as far as I know, she's, uh, she's fine. Why is that? Well, she just took on a new role at USC as the president. So. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there have been a lot of scandals uh, at UNC over the last few years. Uh, to be fair, none of them her fault. So I'm not, su- not surprised that she, uh, she uh, looked for something new. There's been a bit of a po- difficult political environment there. Oh, I see. Interesting. Just curious. Anyway, so let's go over your stuff. You're over in the, your uh, expertise is really um, in island uh, sustainability, and you also have a, a solar head of state to your charity. Um, can you kind of um, describe more about like what your goals are? Sure. So right now, the last kind of six months, I've been focusing on I'm monetizing uh, what I'm doing a bit more um, because although I was quite good at getting press and getting kind of interest for, uh, from people, um, I hadn't really managed to convert that into something that, that actually paid me. And as I said, once, once you graduate from college, that becomes a big reality that you have to focus on a lot more. Um, so uh, I guess my goals in the next few years are really to uh, formalize the consulting company that I'm trying to build um, some more and, and, and really get some get some clients and perhaps one thing I've been struggling with is 
spreading myself too thinly and trying to be uh, trying to be uh, whatever people want me to be, as opposed to focusing down on on individual things. And I've been playing a, a bit of a tug of war there. So, really hoping to um, build the consult. When I say the consulting company, I've been doing a bit around kind of general communications work. Uh, for companies in the sustainability space, particularly energy, solar companies, um, but then also kind of some um, various different projects, really, that have have, uh, been all under this theme of sustainability and energy, but coming at it from quite different angles. So basically, your ideal client would be like an energy panel company or like a... Uh, uh, one uh, company that's uh, reducing emissions or something like that, and then you would do their marketing and communications as like an agency, right? Yeah, so working with them, particularly the social media um, and uh, communications, how they can better communicate their message and and and, and show show what they're doing, uh, but also from a from a business side as well, so how they can, for businesses that aren't already incorporating sustainability into their business, looking at perhaps how they can build that into the business model. Um, cool. So um, <clears throat> why would a business want to become more sustainable um, and if they were going to do it, wouldn't they have done this like a, decade ago when the screen movement was happening? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think in general there is still a, a, a green and interest in sustainability um, across the country. And there are some businesses, I mean, to be honest, most of the companies I've worked with are renewable energy companies. So for them, their business is inherently green and they don't really need to do anything. I guess uh, what I'm conscious of is, is not, I don't want to work with companies that want to kind of greenwash, seem like they're green, and, and put put on some green paint, um, unless their actually core business model um, fits that. But I think it, we've moved on a bit from the green. It used to be kind of a generic um, green kind of movement, but now there's a lot of kind of business arguments in terms of the sustain, sustainable development goals, um, the international goals that are put forward by the UN, that a lot of businesses are really trying to fit the sustainable development goals into their core business model. And usually when um, a company decides to make more sustainable decisions, they bring in a consultant like yourself to kind of analyze what's happening. Uh, yeah, again, it depends on it depends on the company. And I guess that's what I've been struggling with a little bit is whether I just focus more on specifically renewable energy companies um, and and that is actually quite a big market in itself um, or whether I broaden it out to, business, to to other areas that might want to incorporate this kind of sustainable messaging into their into their business um, well I think just looking at your website uh, the first thing it says is I help businesses become sustainable so uh, when you're like that, that line right there only caters to maybe 200 people in the entire, maybe, maybe 2000 people in the United States who are in the active role and it's their job to actually do sustainability activities. Um, that's why I'm asking because if <clears throat> that's what you want to do, then, um, I mean, it's a 
small group of people. I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with doing it. It's a great thing to do, but then there's... I don't know if that's a good market in regards to your goal to generate revenue as opposed to maybe helping the green type companies do their marketing and communications. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. And I guess I've, like, now you say that, it's pretty obvious, but I I hadn't thought about it like that. So thank you for putting (laughs) it into words for me. Um, I think, like, to be honest, most of the customers that I've actually been working with have been green tech, clean tech companies that want to improve their, improve their messaging. So that's perhaps, uh, you know, my, my own, uh, my own lesson from that is, um, that I need to change my, change my website to reflect, uh, those customers. I guess I've always been scared of going too niche. Um, and it's that, that battle of being too niche, um, and being, and being too broad and trying to find the sweet spot. Yeah, and I, I think another side of it is like when people look at income, it's like how much do you really need to like live a comfortable life? Some people think it's fifty grand, some people think it's two hundred fifty grand, some people think it's two point five million dollars. And I, I think one of the things that you really have to consider is like how much work is this going to take you and how much could you charge? Uh when you're looking at those two different things, like um, do you mind if I ask how much you charge right now, or is that um, something you don't want to talk about online? Yeah, I, to be honest, I, I don't have fixed rates. As, as we said, I'm still kind of building up in the direction, and because the projects I've been doing have all been so different, um, mm-hmm. I've been kind of charging on a project basis. I don't, I don't, I've never really done an hourly rate. It's always been a project quote. So um, if I had an hourly rate, I would give it to you. I mean, we could say... Um, maybe uh, up, upwards of $150 an hour. Um, so not kind of the, the top end or anything, but I still think I'm uh, wanting to get experience and kind of do projects that I find interesting now. So I've been charging lower than perhaps some people in the same area. And how many hours do you think you work a week based off that calculation? Oh, on a on a weekly basis, it just varies so much. Um, like uh, I monthly? I do I still do a lot of sorry monthly then monthly. Um, oh, to be honest, I, I I don't know because I'm doing a lot of work on. Uh, it's difficult to estimate. Like I definitely I, I I mean yearly right now I would say I'm I'm not at um, the fifty grand mark yet. Um, which is but having said that, that is a huge increase from what I was doing like a year ago when I was barely earning ever, anything. So I think maybe by the end of this year, I could um, really, really increase that. I still feel like I'm at a point where I'm kind of rapidly, rapidly growing. Okay. Uh, just to let you know what the market charges, um, if you were to work with like one company and maybe invest about 30, 20, 20-ish hours a month, 30-ish hours a month, um, usually what other people like you do is they charge in between a two to a five thousand dollar a month retainer. Um, with that in mind, uh, it would take one client at five thousand dollars a month to basically earn you more money than you have now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I will I will say as well that at the moment money isn't kind of my 
my number one goal. Like, obviously, I want to earn more money, of course. Um, yeah. But I'm like, like I'm in Aruba now on a project, which is pretty cool. So I'm willing to be, I'm willing to be a bit flexible on the money, uh, at least for the year ahead. Um, if I can then kind of make sure I'm, I'm learning and growing myself as, uh, as uh, in, in the business. Yeah, uh, I mean, take the money aside. Let's say it's even two grand. Um, um, yeah. I don't think you should be charging anything less than two grand a month uh, to be um, just because of your time commitments that you're going to have to put into this. And once you have like 10 clients, um, if you're charging anything less than two grand, it's just going to be too difficult for you to maintain. And um, I mean, you could get to 10 clients by the end of this year, no problem. Even at two grand a month or five grand a month, either one, it doesn't really matter. But then that's going to be around 240 to uh, five, 600 grand a year. Um, but the thing is, if you're going to take on a lot of clients, you also have to think about it the other way. How much help are you going to need to fulfill your duties? Is there extra right. things that you have to take on? So you're going to have some regular business expenses that come with it. And as time goes by, you're going to have to slowly increase your prices. Um, so looking through your... Uh, I guess what we'll do is um, we'll go over to a commercial break. I'll take a look through your website a little bit, and we'll see, like, what small things we could do to, like, tweak it so that you're better positioned to uh, turn your uh, profiles into something that makes money and um, gets cool. you business. Cool? Thanks, Lana. Oh, no problem. Okay. Um, if you want to check out uh, James, his website's J. E L L S M O O R dot com. And um, you can always find me, Mr. Leonard Kim, on Twitter and other places. And we'll be back after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Tuesday at noon Pacific time at 3 p.m. Eastern time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take voice america on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market we don't follow we lead. join us the voice america influencers channel This is Grow Your Influence Tree 
To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, back with James Ellsmore, and we've been um, looking through the website, figuring out what we could do to make some tweaks, to make James' brand look a little bit more stellar and compelling, so he could turn this, um, uh, all these accolades, all these awards, all these great things he's done, into something that's actually uh, revenue driving and uh, landing more clients, since, um, you know, um, this is stuff we have to do in the world, like pay our bills, yay! <laughs> Um, so I've been taking a look through your uh, about section on your website, and it's pretty great. You know, you list a lot of your great awards and everything. Um, one thing that I would suggest, though, is um, it's very accolade-driven. Um, I, I and maybe some personality there, like. For your accolades, like, let's see, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven paragraphs. Uh, six paragraphs are, are pretty much about your ac- uh, accolades and stuff like that. And then you have a small award section. Um, I, I mean, it's great to have all these amazing things happen in your life and to really do this, but, I mean... What I would do is I would probably suggest that you shrink it down to about one paragraph to max where you're talking about your accolades. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, that, that makes sense. So this is what I do. So it's like Leonard Cam is a top, recognized as a top marketing influencer by X, Y, and Z. Uh, he's the, um, he's the whatever at, the company I work for. Um, and then, um, uh, since I have a book coming out, I guess I added in that line too, right? Uh, just give a little bit of credibility, then I flip it around to the first person, and I'm like, hi, my name's Leonard, and let me tell you a little bit about myself. And then, um, in, that, in uh, the next four to five paragraphs, I really focus on like what I'm doing now, why it's important, why uh, it can help, and how I can help that target market. So in this situation, if you're targeting green companies, uh, it's kind of highlighting what you do for your marketing and communications. And I mean, sometimes someone's going to come across that bio and they're not going to be a green company and they're going to be like, oh, he's a Marcom guy, cool. Maybe he could do Marcom for my non-green company and then, I mean, it kind of opens up the door there too, so maybe you could take on some non-green companies as well too. Um, Usually uh, how I position that is when I have a client, I usually hop on the phone with them for an entire hour and I ask them about their uh, whole entire history from like childhood to how they got to where they are today. Uh, Because a lot of people, when they're developing bios, they kind of leave out those um, personal elements. Like um, I see in your bio here that it's very like work driven um, the only real personality that I really see from this is that you still have a home base in Shropshire, England, and work remotely, but 
Like, yeah, I feel like that is actually something I could really talk up. I mean, part of my interest in sustainability is kind of stems from growing up on a farm and living in a rural area, and kind of that's that was a major driver in in, in kind of that connection. I think so. That's a nice uh, element from my personal life to talk about. And then right now, to be honest, like I live, uh, I live wherever I am. So I, I, I like gives me super like flexibility. Uh, I struggled to know how to like explain that in a succinct way because I kind of I, people use the word digital nomad, and I think that can sound a bit obnoxious. <laughs> so I've been yeah. wondering kind of how to incorporate that um, as opposed to to just saying kind of uh, homeless wanderer. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's try real fast. So, hi, my name is James Osmore. Um, I grew up. <clears throat> let me tell you a little bit about myself. In early childhood, I grew up on a farm in a rural area, and because of those deep roots, what I ended up wanting to do was uh, further my career into sustainability. Because at the very beginning of my career. Or at the very beginning of my life, when I was around animals, around green, da 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 da, those gave me the values and those uh, helped shape my core values, ethics, and morals at the time. And I figured that this is something I wanted to do in the future. Little did I know that um, I would have to earn an income one day after I graduated college. But somehow, uh, while I was there and when, when I was running my nonprofit, a lot of people gave me awards. I was on a lot of TV shows, and I talked about great things. But, you know, with time and credibility, there comes a day where you just have to pay the bills. So what I decided to do is take my area of expertise, and which is in marketing and communications, and my goal is to help as many green companies as possible do their markup. Um, <clears throat> now, if you're wondering where I live, it's funny to say, but I, I'm probably in a different country and a different environment all the time. And um, some days you might catch me in Aruba, other days you might catch me here. And I basically go where the project takes me to go. And that doesn't really give me the opportunity to have a home base. So I fly everywhere. Um, and yeah. But see, if it's something like that, it kind of encompasses what you do, your personality, makes you more down to earth, things like that. Yeah, you made, you made me sound much more interesting than, than I did when I tried to write about myself. So I appreciate that. <laughs> I, and, and just, just from a, you know, having this conversation, um, I realized that everything you just said was things that I already said in this call, really. So um, that, that is really helpful feedback for the bio. I guess I'm also wondering... I mean, I know the bio is an important um, part, but mm -hmm. how many people are going to be, be reading the full, full bio? I feel like in practice, you, you maybe someone's going to read the first paragraph, but um, it's, I, don't know, I don't know to what extent uh, it's kind of super important. I mean, it's important, but is it the first thing they're going to look at? Um, no, it's not the first thing they're going to look at. The first thing they're going to look at is either own the media or earn media. Uh, that means content you're producing or content where you've earned and got into like uh, like the Today Show or whatever, right? That's the first thing they're going to see. That's the first thing they're going to do. But after they see your content, the second thing that they're going to do 
is uh, if they're interested in what you had to say, is they're going to look you up. And how do you look someone up? You look at their bio. So, like, let's think about it this way. How does someone go and buy from you, right? First, they see your content. They're like, okay, cool. Two, they see who you are. Uh, that's your bio. Three, they see what you do. Four, they read over what you do. Five, if that is what the person needs, they hire you. Um, okay. Does that make sense? Most, yeah, it, I, yeah. That's 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 worth thinking. Thinking. I guess I, to be honest, even though I kind of have this good social media following, I'm contributed to Forbes. You know, I've got kind of some good platforms online. Most of the clients that I have have come through existing networks. I haven't actually had any serious leads come through my website, which is maybe why I've been neglecting it slightly. Well, it's just not set up the right way. That's really it. I mean, you make the tweaks, you make the modifications, and it happens. So, like, let me ask you a question. So you're you're in school. Someone's about to uh, do a lecture, and then um, you look them up before you go, and then you see they have like ten pages of all their accolades, right? And then, like all their published studies and things like this. What's the first thing you think before they speak? Huh? I'm not sure. I, I, I. Yeah, go on. You you want to know what I think? It's like, oh yeah, my god, is. this guy's going to be like the boringest lecturer ever. I don't want to <laughs> I'm going to go skip this class and go do something else, right? Yeah, because he's just going to talk about himself the whole time. Yeah, and then like when, uh, like let's say we look at your bio right now. Like this is all the accolades that you have sitting there. And there's, there's a reason you're not getting leads. It's because people go to your website and they're like, okay, is this guy possibly like really like full of himself and just winning all this stuff, right? I mean, obviously on this call, we can tell you're not, but then it's just positioned that way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I definitely have found that I've, I've struggled with how to uh, present myself online. And I think I come across a little bit differently and probably a bit arrogant sometimes online. And that's obviously not my intention. And hopefully when people meet me in real life, they don't feel like that. But um, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it in the way that you said with this, with the, the bio page. So I'm definitely going to rewrite it with, with those ideas in mind. Yeah. And if you're coming across as like um, what you just described, the problem is people aren't going to want to reach out and they're not going to want to like connect more and things like that. Um, so you're already creating content. Um, so you can keep creating content, but another thing you might want to do is add some personalization into your content based off your firsthand experience. Like, let's see, clicking on blog, looking over your content. Um, I like the blog your is still uh, early. <laughs> <laughs> I liked your Instagram. It's very pretty. Thanks. No problem. Um, another thing is like on your um, on your uh, LinkedIn, like there was like one line in your bio, which I mean, if you make this bio and you uh, put it into your uh, LinkedIn too, then there's just a lot more that people could go off of. <clears throat> Sorry, could, which which line? 
Oh, I went to your LinkedIn earlier today, and I think I saw like um one one sentence there in your description area. No, no, I've got a I've got a good LinkedIn bio. I think it's good anyway. It's uh it's well developed, hopefully. Let me let me go back to it then. Uh, let's see. Uh, I actually spent quite a lot of time on it last month, so I'm sure you're <laughs> going to rip it apart and have a much better idea. But I'm happy with it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a look. Um, James, what's the easiest way to get there? Okay, uh, found it. You got it. Oh yeah, I see it now. Sorry, I just showed one sentence earlier. Maybe it's because I didn't click. Um, let's see, I have business. Um, I just take out the uh, sustainability. Keep the uh, marketing in there. Um, mm -hmm. And um, hey, you wrote that you're a digital nomad here. <laughs> okay, so maybe I have used that in a couple of places, but I always feel I always feel like too obnoxious when I use it. So then I always write it and then delete it again. But if people know what that term means, then at least describes kind of what I'm doing. Do you think that's? Do you think it sounds a bit obnoxious when people say that? Um, I I just have a confused look. I'm like, okay, what does that really mean? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, but um, I, I think it's like, um, I, I mean, it's okay to kind of, uh, I, I think it's hard for me to like picture what it means because I have a friend who's like really a digital nomad and I have another friend who's just getting away so that he could live off $2,000 a month and have one client and go party all the time in a foreign country, like. <laughs> right. It, it, it's like when I don't know. Um, I, I think it's because of my other friend that it kind of gives it a different perceptive perception on the word. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's like that with anything, though. Like you look at like the word marketing, and then maybe two people talk come to mine, maybe one's like Seth Godin, and you're like, okay, that's cool. Then maybe on the other side, you think Ty Lopez, and you're like, okay, I'm not sure if that's cool, right? Yeah, fair enough. So I, I think it's just that perception is built into the eyes of the uh, reader, and um, it's based off what they see and how they feel about it. And yeah, so it's not that bad. Oh, this this bio is a lot better than your other one on your website. Phew. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Um, let's see. Um, I just um, added in a little more personalization in there, like um, that farm yeah. stuff and things like that. Um, so, like, for a bio, you mentioned the link. Like, um, some people who are going to go to your page are going to read one sentence and be like, okay, cool, I got enough. Other people are going to read like a paragraph and move away. And uh, some people mm -hmm. are going to go and read the entire thing, whether it's 3,000 words, 5,000 words, 500 words, whatever it may be. And then those people are going to become like your advocates, the people that um, are going to help you no matter what, or who believe in you, mm -hmm. and, um, things like that. And um, 
I, I think it's important to uh, go through uh, different areas of your bio and like leave little like headliners for each one, like early life, mm-hmm. discovering my passion, um, college, high school, first relationship, um, first um, business failure or something like that. And um, if you think about it, um, when you meet someone for the first time, uh, how do you get to know them? Um, I guess they, they don't recite that whole life history with 3,000 words in one go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but usually what you have to do is you have to kind of build rapport, um, find common ground, um, start talking, and then um, a few other things, right? Mm-hmm. And then you slowly build out the relationship. Um, think about your bio as like a hack where you build an instantaneous trust with um, the person you're talking to immediately. Because if they're reading, if they're reading the whole thing before they meet you, they they're like they'll start thinking and bringing up topics like, "Oh my God, you had a." horrible relationship in high school me too or they'll start talking to you and be like wow you got you uh, your passion for renewable energies came from you growing up on a farm that's so cool and then they'll start having conversations with you based off uh, your bio which is interesting mm-hmm and this is why I stay home and hide because <laughs> I have too many conversations like this <laughs> No, that's that's a really good point. I think it like I I come across hopefully as more personable in real life, and I don't necessarily now looking back from my website with those comments and then to a lesser extent the LinkedIn bio, it doesn't really give you much of a sense of my personality. Yeah, and um, in regards to your uh, what you want to do for uh, your Marcom, uh, maybe you should have. Uh, separate page on your site that says like work with James and then or work with me or something or anything really and then in that page uh, you clearly outline like uh, what you do and how you help uh, green companies with their Marcom uh, okay actually I did have that I, on my old website I realized that's kind of lost that well there's something I guess at the bottom of the home page it's kind of like you see the three columns. Uh, going back to your website. But that's it, it needs to be a bit more explicit as work with me. Um, one moment. Oh, speaking in workshops, social media management, sustainability consulting. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if that should necessarily be on your homepage as opposed to, um, like, um, yeah, I, I think that should be on the work with me page, not your homepage. Mm-hmm. Uh, your homepage should be three sections, let's see, what we, what can we change those for? One, maybe you could have uh, be your about section, two could be uh, your uh, 
work with me section, and three could be speaking or your media room. Either one. Uh-huh. And then, um, <clears throat> let's see. But yeah, you, you should definitely have a work with me page. Okay, yeah, I, that's, cool. that's something I'll um, add into that. It's a commercial break time, so uh, we're going to hop off to a commercial break. You can check out James at jellsmore.com. You can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to The Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune in to Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here with James Osmore. We've been chatting about lots of fun things. And then um, I had a question for James that I wanted to bring up. Um, for the content that you're creating, most of it's on Forbes? Yeah, I'm doing between five and eight pieces a month for Forbes. Blog oh. posts, mostly on renewable energy or sustainability. That's a lot of uh, content. And then um, in regards to that content... Uh, you're putting it on Forbes. Are you putting it anywhere else, too? I have been reposting some of it on my own blog. So um, the blog site, which mm-hmm. you, you saw a link on my personal website, is The Nomad Entrepreneur. But to be honest, yeah. the content that, is, that I'm writing for Forbes and the content I will post on my blog is kind of different. The way that I have my blog set up, it doesn't necessarily have that fit. So it's probably something that I need to work out where I can... Uh, create a bit more synchronicity between the two. Uh, yeah, I just noticed it went to a new domain. I didn't see that earlier. That's kind of interesting. Um, 
Well, one thing that you could do in regards to your content production is uh, it's great that you write for Forbes. Not a lot of people do that, and um, I mean that's a pretty big thing. Uh, but the thing with content is you want people to read it as much as possible. Anything that you create, you want it just to be seen as much as possible. Um, Forbes helps distribute your content, which is great. But there's ways where you can get your content distributed even more. Um, if you put your content onto sites like Quora and Medium, they could push out your content to their existing networks too. Then also at the same time, um, by you putting it back onto your website, that kind of goes into uh, the or <clears throat> that kind of gives people an ability to read around what you're doing. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I need to double check my contract, but I'm pretty sure that I can. Uh, Forbes is only exclusive for like the first five days after I publish it, so there's a lot of scope to reuse that content. And I've also found that actually the views are generally in the first kind of 48 hours or so, and then they drop off pretty quickly. So um, yeah. Forbes is good for kind of a is is good for the first uh, uh, short time period, but it doesn't necessarily get views into the future. Cool. Yeah, that's usually how it works. And then, um, just as someone who's created a lot of content, I found that when you put things on Quora, it, it has a it has a pretty uh, long cycle of uh, being seen versus like a Forbes. Like Forbes, you're going to get a lot of upfront views, but then Quora, you're going to get like views over a long period of time. Like I haven't really written much in the last two years but then I still think I get like around 100,000 views on my content on Quora and it's been a long time since I wrote there. Mm. Yeah, and actually, then, I haven't really used Quora before but I thought that Quora is more for asking questions so do I, do I need to make sure if I'm going to post content there that I frame it around a question or I'm actually posting it as an answer to someone else's question? Okay, so let's say you wrote a piece on seven things in Jamaica that blah, 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 right? Um, yep. The reason you wrote that piece is because there's a question that you have in your mind, and then that article answers that particular question, like what, how do you build sustainability in Jamaica or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so just think about what that question is and either do a search for it or if it doesn't exist then just ask the question and answer it yourself oh I see so it could either be as an answer to someone else's or posting my own question and, and, and answering it yep I need, to, I need to get more accustomed to core I've not used it so I'll check that out yeah, and the cool thing is, like, people follow topics there, right? So if they follow a topic like sustainability and you're writing on sustainability, they're going to see your uh, content even if they don't follow you because Core is going to push it out to other people to follow that. I've also noticed that Core posts rank pretty highly in Google. So, like, if you search for a question, then Core is likely to be one of the top results as well. So um, whereas the Forbes ones, as I said, drop off pretty quickly. Yeah, there's that too. And um, Medium has a pretty powerful... Medium's really good for SEO too, for some reason. And um, like they have little small publications throughout Medium. You could submit your stories to them and see if one sticks. And then do they you, push it out to their network. What do you think about LinkedIn articles now? 
Because LinkedIn kind of goes up and down with, with the articles and how how well they uh, get get seen or distributed. Oh. oh, yeah, you should put it on LinkedIn, too. I forget LinkedIn okay. exists. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I but, feel like the reach isn't as good as Medium and Quora. Um, what I see working really well for articles right now on LinkedIn is if you have a strong um, social intro where it's, like, broken down into, like, short... Um, sentences with a lot of spacing and then uh, usually the cover image is of someone saying a quote uh, those usually do well like um, they'll have like 10,000 likes and it's a picture of like Simon Sinek with a quote that he says and then somewhere in that article that quote exists there okay good to know yeah um, so maybe look at your existing content and then just sneak a quote in there that someone else said from a long time ago <laughs> and then just stick their image on and then they will. So that's um, actually put a quote in the cover image. Yeah, but um, LinkedIn's finicky. It changes all the time, so this isn't going to work three months from now. It's just going to work right now. Okay, I'll see how I get on with that. Yeah, they change their algorithms way too much. It's like the new Wild Wild West where like all these growth hackers are like, blah, 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 let's all go and like hack the system. And they're like, okay, everyone's manipulating it. Let's change it up. Yeah, I've noticed that. It's really difficult. Like groups used to be so good on LinkedIn and now they've just kind of died. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of potential there too. Um, you said you were going to ask me about your newsletter? Yeah, so I have this newsletter, which to be honest, just started as more of, of, of a hobby. Um, it's Island Innovation, and so it's more like collating news. Obviously, I published, I push my own articles that I've written in there as well, and then a collection of other articles, probably every two weeks or so. So it's uh-huh. more of like an information newsletter that I write, um, as opposed to, um, yeah, quite different than most probably marketers that are more like selling. I don't really use it right now to sell anything. I haven't monetized it. I get maybe $70 a month through Patreon, but that's about it. That just covers my costs. Um, and I get a lot of signups on that through LinkedIn. Like I'm on, I'm on about 5,000 subscribers right now. Uh, and I'm sorry, LinkedIn and Twitter. And it maybe grows by a couple of hundred a, a month, but that's not with, um, like I don't have any lead magnets or anything. That's just with people signing up to it. So I feel like that's fairly good growth for something like that. Um, and I'm wondering if um, there's a way that I can, I guess, incorporate it better because I feel it's, it's maybe a bit disjointed from my current website. Uh, well, you could just put like a little pop-up or a little banner at the top that says sign up for the newsletter and then um, make it sound a little enticing with um, some copy edits. Um, and then... Uh, adding a thing at the end of any article you're creating, just saying sign up for my newsletter here. Yeah, I do that with, with Forbes. Forbes is quite generous in how they let me kind of uh, put links to my own website on that. That's cool. Um, I have a question. Why does this go to the Nomad Entrepreneur instead of just your website for your blog? Which does what? From, why from why is your blog website? Nomad Entrepreneur instead of jayosmore.com forward slash blog? Well, 
I figured that the blog would be a separate, made more sense to be a separate site. And I'm probably going to question that now that, that yeah, I, I just kind of always assumed that the blog was kind of a separate website to the Gelsmore, J. Ellsmore website, which I saw as more of an online resume. But you, you're saying it probably makes more sense to consolidate it all into a single website? Yeah. It's also one, one difficulty I do have is, is with my name being a bit difficult to spell. I'm um, conscious that I might lose people. It's good in the fact that I'm the only James Ellsmore, as far as I know. So if someone knows how to spell my name, it's easy to find me. But people always spell it wrong, so I worry that they'll, uh, they, they won't be able to find me necessarily because of the spelling. Well, um, I wouldn't worry about that too much because anyone who's going to look you up isn't going to type in your URL into the uh, thing. They're just going to Google you and click the link. Uh, yeah, but it, I'd, I'd, yeah, I guess I have to see it. If they spell it wrong, I'm not sure if my name still comes up. Um, um, probably doesn't matter too much. But in terms of the Nomad Entrepreneur website, yeah, my, 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 I always figured that that would be more of kind of an online uh, travel slash business blog um, that is a separate thing to my personal website. Uh, I, I combine it. Um, I, I tried typing in James Ailsmore, A-I-L-S more, and it says, did you mean James Ellsmore? And it kicked me back to you. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so okay. I'm pretty sure a lot of people misspell your name and it kicks it back to you because AIL is pretty far off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the good thing is you have all that credibility from before, so people will probably know that Google probably knows that people are looking for you and you kind of stick out for that. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll have to think about how I can consolidate my my blog, whether it makes more sense to incorporate the blog into my main website. For some reason, the blog is also the website's running super slow and I haven't figured out why, so um, I, might, I might need to rebuild it anyway. Okay, I don't know how to do that part. <laughs> no, that's okay. I wasn't asking you, but it's a, I feel like it's a big problem, right? If it takes, a, if it takes a, more than a few seconds to load a website, people just give up and leave because they have such a short attention span, so it's relevant yeah. in that sense. It depends. On the computer, people stick around and just open another tab and come back to it. On the phone, yeah, that's a problem. Um, so on a scale of like 1 to 10, uh, how did you feel this was in regards to like helpfulness? No, this was really helpful in just rethinking it. I think a lot of the things you'd said I'd had at the back of my mind, but then you pointed out some really clear... Um, areas that I can improve on. And I think just making the story coming across as more relatable and also um, making a clearer offer of what I'm actually providing, um, which is not necessarily a communications problem. That's like a business problem that I need to settle, settle down on one thing and, and do well at that instead of trying to kind of do too many things. Um, yeah. So I can see, I've got some really good ideas now on how I can redo my website and, um, hopefully that would actually make the website generate leads. Because I do get a lot of traffic for it, but that's just not really converting into leads. Yeah, it'll, it'll start converting once you uh, position it right. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to know that it's not kind of 
huge fundamental changes to the website. It's just uh, it's just kind of making those tweaks, and hopefully that will will help to uh, improve that. Cool. So, do you think this was like a five out of ten, a three out of ten, or uh, in terms of helpfulness? No, yeah. I would I would I would say we're we're uh, closer to ten, more like an eight or a nine. Cool. Sounds good. It's definitely um, some new areas. So, no, I really appreciate that. Awesome. Um, well, I have a personal branding course. Uh, it's valued at like twenty six hundred bucks. Um, I'll just send that over to you so you could take it and go through it, and I'll just help you with um any of the other areas as a follow up. Um, also, if uh, in October when my book comes out, this the act revealed the surprising power of the real you for greater success. Uh, if you could help, um, help. Help me promote it or something around that time. It would be appreciated. Yeah, for sure. As long as you follow me back on Twitter, then I'll I'll do whatever you like, Leonard. So it's helping. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> sounds like a plan. Well, everyone who right, tuned man. in today, thank you for uh, joining us for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree, where we do personal brand consults and um, pretty much help people really go out there and make those uh, small, minor tweaks on their um, business. And um, hopefully all this information here was helpful to all our guests. If you want to follow James, uh, it's J-E-L-L-S-M-O-O-R.com. And you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.